Hello, and welcome to the Christ Walk Church Podcast. Good morning, Christ Walk Church, and happy 2019. How's everybody doing today? Just a couple people are doing good. Everybody else, they're not too sure about 2019 yet. Um, before we jump into today's message, I, I just, uh, while, while Ryan and the, and the band were leading worship and, and just exhorting and everything, I just felt the Lord quicken my spirit with this, with this uh, verse. Um, and I think that this is for somebody in here this morning. Isaiah 43, 19. Um, Look at the new thing I'm, a, I'm going to do. It is already happening. Don't you see it? So here, here's what I want somebody to do or or everybody to do, I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, this is your year. Right now, do it. And then after you've done that, I want you to turn to the, the person that you clearly like a little bit less than that other person that you turn to and tell them, you know, this is your year too. Here's what I want to challenge you with um, as we kind of, as we springboard into this new year. Look, like 2018 is gone. I told our uh, volunteer leaders that gathered for our volunteer rally this morning, 2018, it's, it's in the rear view. So like all of those failures that took place in 2018, like let's learn from them, but let's leave them there. Like let's don't bring them with us into 2019. And, and all of the successes that we had in 2018, like Those are good, and we thank God for those things, but we're not going to continue to revel in what he did last year. Let's, instead of staying in those places, like, let's let's look for what God is going to do now. The new thing is happening. It's it's already begun. Don't you see it? And I just feel right here at the beginning of the new year, as your pastor, um, just to tell you, like, I firmly believe that this year is your year. This is our year. And together, we are going to take ground for the kingdom of God in this city. And this time, 2020, we're going to stand here together and we're going to celebrate everything that the Lord has done. And I'm excited about that. Is anybody else excited about that? Amen? Amen? All right. If you got your Bible, you got a smart device, um, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 4. Hebrews is in the second big section of the Bible, the, the New Testament, and you go almost all the way to the end. Like, if you get to the maps, you've gone a little bit too far, so you want to back up just a couple books. Um, Hebrews, it's Matt Sheehan's favorite book because it's all about coffee, and we know that he is a coffee enthusiast. Hebrews. Some of you will get that on the drive home, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, Kicking off a brand new series today called Frequency. It's all about hearing the voice of God in our lives. So in just a moment, we're going to land in Hebrews chapter 4. I can remember as a kid, and I'll show my age a little bit, some of the teenagers in the room are going to be like, what is this guy talking about? Um, but many of you will remember, I had a thing called a boom box. Anybody remember a boom box? 
and it didn't have a digital dial. You couldn't just call up any radio station that you wanted. You had like a little, a little thing, a little thumb wheel that you had to turn, and you would, you would have to search for that station, and there was a little needle and a, and a panel of numbers, and you would have to line up that needle just so, and you'd get in, and you'd finally tune in, and you'd get the, the antennas that were coming off of it, and you'd get them positioned the right way, and you'd, you'd turn it, and your favorite song was on the radio, and, and then you wanted like get up and like bust a move or whatever but as soon as you took your finger off of that little that little wheel like it would start static again and you had to like you, you had to you had to keep your hand on it you know just to get it just right to tune in to the station or I can remember um I can remember as a kid having a tv that had rabbit ears you know, and you'd always have to, like, it was always a two-man operation, you know. You'd, you'd have to have somebody to, like, look at the TV, and then the other person, like, on the back, and they're, like, folding them and moving them around. They're wrapping them in aluminum foil, you know. They're, you got to get your mouth just right and, like, stand on one leg and squint. And you're like, okay, hold it right there. Don't move. Don't, don't move. And then you'd sit down, and you'd, I, I told you, don't, don't move. And, like, when that dude was, he was doing all that, like, that was the only way. Otherwise, it was just a bunch of snow. Or surely you've walked around before. If, if, if those two illustrations don't do it for you, surely you've walked around looking at your cell phone. And... Can you hear me now? Can, can you hear me now? You know, I did that earlier today. It's called Yuli, where there's no service ever. <laughs> Can we get a cell phone tower installed in Nassau County, please? Got people I need to call, things I need to do. Have you ever experienced interference? Anybody ever experienced? Everybody, uh, has anybody ever experienced interference? in their life. You guys know what I'm talking about? I, I recently came across an infographic. That's a big fancy picture with a lot of statistics on it. And um, it was an infographic for the year 2018, and it had, every, it, had it broken down into 60-second um, increments. So in every minute of 2018, this is some of the things that happened, Okay. Every minute of 2018, Google users conducted nearly 3.9 million searches. Every 60 seconds of 2018, Amazon shipped over 1,100 packages. Every single minute of 2018, Netflix users streamed more than 97,000 hours of video. Snapchat users shared over 2 million snaps. Tinder users made close to 7,000 matches. Hashtag swipe right. <laughs> if you're old, you don't get that. It's okay. It's okay. Every single minute of 2018, YouTube users watched more than 4.3 million videos. Twitter users sent nearly 500,000 tweets. Uber users took nearly 1,400 rides. Every 60 seconds of last year, Venmo processed close to $70,000 in peer-to-peer -peer transactions. Instagram posters posted 50,000 photos 
or videos. Spotify users, every 60 seconds, Spotify users streamed 750,000 songs. Skype users made more than 176,000 calls. Nearly 13 million text messages were sent. And in the time that I've been telling you about all of these statistics, Americans alone used over 3.1 million gigabytes of internet data. Every 60 seconds of last year. And a lot of this is happening all at the same time. We're listening to Spotify and checking our email and swiping right, you know, simultaneously. And a lot of this is, is over and above our spouse and our kids and our jobs and our bosses and school and our coworkers and our friends and all of the other things that we have going on in our lives that are jockeying for position on our radar. Not to mention the fact that there are bills to be paid there's meals to be cooked. There's laundry to be folded. And Johnny has baseball practice and Sally's got to get to piano lessons and the dog needs to go to the vet and you've got a dentist appointment next week. And for the love of all that is sacred and holy, could you please pick up the dry cleaning on your way home from work? Right? It's no wonder we have difficulty hearing the voice of God in our lives. I mean, talk about interference Everywhere we turn, there is something screaming for our attention. But in the midst of that, nonetheless, God is speaking. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to all of us. But I know what you might be thinking. How can we be expected to hear God's voice in the midst of all of that noise, in the midst of all of that chaos? And even if we could hear his voice, how can we be sure that it's really him? And if, we're, if we do hear him and we're sure that it's him, then how can we be certain of what he's trying to tell us, the, the message that he is trying to get through to us? And the good news is, Jesus has already answered all of those questions. And, and it's really a lot simpler than you and I would make it out to be. Jesus said this in Matthew eleven fifteen. He said, let those with ears use them and listen. Let those with ears use them and listen. Now, there is a big difference between hearing and listening. A big difference. To hear is to simply perceive by the ear. But to listen is to pay attention, to heed, to obey. Now, could it be that the majority of the issues that you and I have in our life, the majority of the problems, the adversity that we face, is it possible that those things have been misdiagnosed? You know, some of us, we want to say that we have mental problems, we have emotional problems, we have marital problems, we have financial problems. But is it possible that our problem is much simpler than that? Some people would like to say that we have maybe a hearing problem. But I don't think that's the case at all. I think that we hear plenty, and I think that that in and of itself is part of the problem. I don't think that we have a hearing problem so much as I think we have a listening problem. In fact, I don't believe that many of us 
that our issue is, is that we can't hear God speak. I, I think our issue really is, is that we don't listen to him when he does. And when you think about it, claiming that you hear voices is not something that you really want to be on the forefront of, right? I mean, like, they're like medications and facilities for people who claim to hear voices. And so it's really, even, even if we can hear God, we're not like stepping up to say, oh, yeah, God talks to me because people are like, you're crazy, right? But here's the deal. Trying to hear God's voice in my life, the desire to hear God's voice in my life, is something that I pray for quite often. And it's not just something that I want for me. It's something that I want for every single person in this room. Every single person that is watching online with us right now or that's going to listen to this podcast or check this video out on YouTube later. I want nothing more for you than for you to be able to hear the voice of God in your life. But when we talk about hearing God speak, that's where things can get a little bit tricky if we're being honest. See, I can only think of maybe one time, maybe one time. I remember this time vividly, but even to this day, I'm uncertain as to whether or not it was actually God speaking. But I can think of maybe in, in as my kids would say, in my almost 40 years of being alive, because they constantly remind me that I'm almost 40, can only think of maybe one time that I've heard God speak to me audibly. And for the majority of people that I talk to, even like godly men and women, they would say that over the course of their lifetime, God has never spoken out loud to them, at least that they are aware. But yet when we look in the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, we see God talking to people all the time. And that's where the difficulty comes in. Like in Genesis, God told Noah to build a big, huge boat. In Exodus, God told Moses to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let his people go. In the book of Numbers, it gets even better. God spoke to a man named Balaam by causing his donkey to talk to him. And in the book of Daniel, we even see there, there's a story there where a giant finger appears out of thin air and writes a message on the wall, mine, mine, tikle, you farsen, for the people to, um, and, and for, the, for the king to, to know and to learn what God is, is going to do and what God was saying. And, and, and I don't know about you, but when I read those kinds of stories or I hear people tell stories like that, I, I think, sign me up, right? Like, yes, like I want God to speak to me that clearly. Like I want to know that that is how, that like clearly that's what I'm supposed to do. That this is, this is the action that I'm supposed to take. That when someone talks that I want to know that I know, I want to be confident like they were, that it was God talking. But so often that's just not the case. Based on my personal experience, based on the experiences of others that I've talked to, like those things simply don't happen on the reg. But God is speaking. God is speaking. You know how I know? He says so in his word. John 10, 27, 
Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. That means that he is communicating to us and we are capable of hearing him. God is speaking and we can hear him, but we just have to learn how to listen. Now, as we launch into this series, maybe one of the most important things that I could tell you up front about God speaking is that when God speaks, it is always supernatural, but it is never magical or mystical, okay? See, I realized when we start bringing up the stories from the Old Testament about a giant finger writing a message on the wall and God speaking to a man through his farm animals, that like that, that, that creates a, 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 thing where, a, a situation where things can go south pretty quickly, right? And, and none of us want to be the dude whose farm animals are talking to him. Like, I'm sorry, what? Like, no, we don't want to be that guy, right? But we still want God to talk to us. So so you just need to know that whenever God speaks, it is always supernatural, but it's never magical or mystical. And so the question then remains, if God is speaking to us, but the majority of us have never heard him speak audibly to speak aloud to us, then how can we be sure to get the message that he is trying to convey. So as we begin this series today, I think the most logical, the most appropriate place for us to begin as we learn to to start hearing the voice of God in our lives is with the Bible, Scripture, God's Word. In fact, trying to discern the voice of God in our lives apart from Scripture is an incredibly slippery slope that can lead to some dangerous places like in a jiffy, okay? So you need to know that anytime God speaks, it will never, ever, ever contradict the Bible. Anytime God tells you something, it will never, ever, ever go against anything that is written in this book. And so this book is then foundational to God speaking to us in our lives. Now, I realize that this morning, not everybody in this room is a Christ follower. You know what? That's, that's fine. Christ walk is a place where you don't have to believe to belong. And so if you're not a Christ follower, but you're here this morning, like, we're just glad that you're here. Thanks so much for being here. This is a place where you can belong, and we're so thankful that you're here this morning. And in addition to that, I also realize that there's a pretty good chance that not everybody in this room, not everybody listening to this message this morning, has the same viewpoint of the Bible that I do. Not everybody sees the Bible as the authoritative and inerrant word of God. And so based on my understanding of that, I just want to let you know that whether or not you consider yourself a Christ follower or not, and regardless of what your view of the scriptures are, I do know this one thing. I've never in my entire life ever heard of anyone who messed up their life by reading the Bible and living according to its principles. Regardless of what you think about it, regardless of whether or not you are a Christian, I've never heard of anybody reading the Bible and then doing some of the things that it says and that that messed up their life. 
So even if you are an unbeliever here today, even if you don't believe that the Bible is the authoritative and inerrant word of God, I encourage you, give the Bible a shot. Like, what do you have to lose, right? Like, it can only make your life better. And in regard to today's topic, when we're talking about hearing the voice of God, we're talking about looking first into the Bible, the Word of God. This is what I believe to be true about that. If you're taking notes, write this down. The most consistent, reliable, and healthy way to hear God's voice is by reading the Bible on a regular basis. The most consistent reliable and healthy way to hear God's voice is by reading the Bible on a regular basis. Now, here's why I believe that. Because when you read scripture, a lot of scripture tells the reader about scripture. The Bible often tells the reader about the book that they are reading. And that is the case in our passage from Hebrews today in chapter 4. And we're going to read one verse together, verse 12. Uh, uh, verse 12. God's word is alive and working and is sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts all the way into us where the soul and the spirit are joined to the center of our joints and bones. And it judges the thoughts and feelings in our hearts. Now, I believe that that passage right there, that one verse from Hebrews chapter 4, it reveals to us three important truths about the Bible that then build a bridge to us hearing the voice of God in and through his word. And so the, the first one of these truths that I believe this passage reveals is simply this. The Bible is alive. The Bible is alive. It says God's word is alive and working and is sharper than any double-edged sword. In fact, John, in the very first chapter of his gospel, he puts it this way. He says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, the word, we are talking about the word we often speak of, we refer to as the Bible. It is the word of God. And the word was Jesus who became flesh and dwelt among us, that he walked this earth alongside of us. The word became flesh. It is alive and it is active. Now, the Bible, because it is the word that became flesh in and through the person of Jesus Christ, the Bible is one of the main ways, it's not the only way, but it's one of the main ways that you and I are able to interact with God on a personal level. When we read the Bible, we are personally interacting with the God of the universe. Just think about that for just a moment. When you read the Bible, you are personally interacting with the God of the universe who took the earth and spun it like a basketball on his finger and placed it in the heavens. When you read God's word, you are interacting with him on a personal level. Because see, the Bible is not just a book that we should read. The Bible is a book with which we should have a relationship. 
It's not just about reading it. It's about having the relationship with it because it is alive. It is active. It is moving. It is there. It is, it is the way that we interact with the God of the universe, the word that became flesh through the person of Jesus Christ. Now, the way that looks is kind of like this. Suppose that you are married and many of you in this room are. Now, let's say that you never ride in the same car with your spouse. Let's say that um, in your married relationship, you never share a meal with your spouse. You sleep in a separate room in a different bed than your spouse. You never sit and watch TV with your spouse. You never sit down and have a conversation with your spouse. You ignore your spouse completely. Now, talk to me. What kind of a relationship do you have with your spouse, if that's the case? None. That is right. You can't have a relationship without engagement and interaction. So it is impossible for you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the way that it was meant to be had, it's impossible for you to have a relationship with God if you do not interact and engage with his word. You can't have one without the other. In order to have a relationship with the Bible, you have to engage it. You have to interact it. You have to interact with it. And, and just because somebody is going to get excited and they're going to be inspired and they're going to go home and for the first time in 34 years, they're going to crack open their Bible tonight and they're going to read a couple verses. You need to know that, that just because you decide to do that does not mean that you're going to have some sort of supernatural experience tonight where the Lord is just going to speak to you now. Now, that very well could happen, but chances are it probably won't because the power of the relationship with God's word is found through the consistency of reading it. It's through the relationship that you build with it over the course of time when it becomes a regular part of your everyday life. The Bible is alive and you need to have, we need to have a relationship with it. Number two. The Bible is not only alive, but the Bible is inclusive of the whole person. The Bible is inclusive of the whole person. In Hebrews, the writer writes, It cuts all the way into us where the soul and the spirit are joined to the center of our joints and our bones. Now, what this is talking about is this is not just the outside of a person. It's talking about the Bible penetrating all the way into our innermost being because the Bible is about substance, not surface. The Bible is about substance, not surface. And God uses the Bible to penetrate to our very core and begin to change us from the inside out. And we talked about this a little bit last week as we closed out 2018, that the Bible shows us God's precepts, the things he wants us to know, God's principles, the things he wants us to do, and God's promises, the things that he wants us to become. So even before you open up the Bible, you need to know that your health your relationships, your finances, your leadership, your aspirations, your decisions, all of those things, God's word serves as a guide that gives direction to any 
and all aspects or areas of your life that you might be concerned about. It is alive and it is inclusive of the whole person. Finally, number three, what this passage reveals to us. The Bible judges our thoughts and feelings. It says, and it judges the thoughts and feelings in our hearts. The New Living Translation says it exposes, which means to make known, to uncover, to shed light on. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Billy Sunday, I think, an evangelist, he he said it best when he said this. He said, the reason you don't like the Bible is because it knows all about you. That's why we have an issue with the Bible sometimes, is because it knows all about us. I heard somebody say that when you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. See, reading the Bible, it, it shines a light on who we really are, the way that we really live. It reveals our deepest, darkest thoughts and intentions. It reveals our secret sins. It reveals our strongholds even the things that we didn't know existed deep down in there. Now, don't, don't get it mixed up. It's, it's not revealing these things to God. God knew about them all along, but yet when we read the Bible, it's not revealing them to him. It's revealing those things to us so that those things can come to light, come to the surface and be made known so that then we can surrender those things over to God, that, that he can speak to us in and through that. And he could say, see, you shouldn't have been doing that. See, you shouldn't have been going there. See, you shouldn't have been saying that. You shouldn't have been looking at that. You shouldn't have been participating in that. See, that's something that right there, like like that's something that's separating you from me. And and that's something that doesn't belong in your life. And so that's how God speaks to you. And when we read the Bible, the Bible reads us and it shows us those things that we need to to get rid of. We We need to lay on the altar before God and say, remove this, take this, clean this out of my life so that I can be closer to you, so that I can live a life that is more worthy of you, more acceptable by you. That's what happens when you and I read the Bible. It allows us to constantly measure our life against the life of Jesus Christ and then make the necessary changes that we need to to become more like him. And the fact remains You can either read the Bible and have your life be changed, or you can put it to the side and stay the same. That's the choice that you and I make. And so the question is, is that if we're going to commit to reading to the Bible, how can we get the most out of it? If if we're willing to recognize that this is one of the main ways that we are able to hear the voice of God in our life, and we say, that is something that I want, then if that is the decision that we are making, then how can we get the most out of it? Now, I don't know all of the ways, but I want to share with you a way that works for me, and that I would encourage you to give a try if you haven't done so already. It's simply this. It's called the SOAP method. Now, we call it the SOAP method because it's something that you do every day. And hopefully, everybody in this room uses SOAP every day. If you don't, that should be at the top of your New Year's resolution list right there. This year, I'm going to use SOAP every 
single day, your spouse, your children, the people sitting next to you in the road, they will all thank you for it. All right? The SOAP method. But SOAP simply stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. All right? So essentially what happens is you take any passage of Scripture. It can be one verse. It can be several verses. And you identify a particular part of that scripture that you feel like the Lord is illuminating to you, like something that just just speaks to you. It sticks out more than anything else in the passage that you've read. And you take that scripture, and I like to do this in an actual paper journal. Some of you may want to do this in the notes section on your phone or through an app like Evernote or like on a typewriter if you're that kind of person. I don't know. Um, but, but simply what you would do is you would put an S in the margin of the page and then you would write out or type out or if you want to cheat and you're doing it electronically, copy and paste that scripture, that verse into that section. And then you're going to move on to the next part and that's observation. So what you're doing is, is, is when you're observing, you're saying, God, what are you communicating through this verse. What are you trying to tell me? And then you write down some notes. You write down some ideas. And then you move on to the application part. So you've got an S in the margin with a scripture. You've got an, observ- you've got an O in the margin with some observations, a few, a few lines of, of text, some things that you've written down. Then you, you put an A and then you go to the application part. God, based on this passage that I've just read, based on these observations that I've made, What do I need to do in my life? How is this calling me to change? How is this calling me, challenging me to become more like you? And then you write that down. Like, because because it says this, and I've made this observation, then then I need to do this. I need to to love my spouse better. And all the the wives said amen, you know. Um, In 2019, I need to to buy more flowers and chocolate for my spouse. Um, Whatever it is, and you write down that application, and then the P, you, you put a P in the margin, and you simply write out a prayer. It can be long, it can be short, like whatever you want. But typically, I find myself, like a lot, when I flip back through my journal, a lot, of my, a lot of my prayers that I've written down, they start with, help me. <laughs> help me to do the things that you've just challenged me with. Help me to live this way. Help me to be a pastor worthy of leading Christ Walk Church. Help me to be a husband worthy of being married to Sarah Snap. Help me to be, help me to be a good father to Luke and Avery. You know, help, help me to do these things. It's a bunch of help me over and over. And what happens is, is that over the course of time, the reason this is so cool is because you can go back. And as you've kept this journal over the course of days and weeks, like every, every week you can go back and you can look through, and these are the things that I've learned from the scriptures this week. And at the end of the month, you can look back, these are the things that God has taught me, the way that he's spoken to my life over the course of this month. At the end of the year, you can look back over the course of an entire year. These are the things that God led me through over the course of the year. This is how God spoke to me. And the, the key is, is that when you do something like the soap method, what happens is, is you no longer like just read the Bible. You have to like stop and think about it. And that helps you to take a pause and to begin listening. 
See, we're not just checking off the box of reading God's word. We're actually taking a minute and listening to it. God, what are you trying to say to me? Now, I know some of you are like, ain't nobody got time for that. But I want to challenge you. As we go through this 21 days of prayer and fasting, as a part of that, we're going to be reading. There's, there's going to be an opportunity for you to read a 21-day devotional. It's just a short devotional with a few scripture passages each week or each day. Um, and you can access that either through your, uh, your internet browser or for those of you that use the YouVersion app, the Bible app on your phones or a smart device, you can access it through there. If you're not using that app on your smart device, what are you waiting for? Like, stop listening to me and go and download it like right now. And you can interact with it on a daily basis. And so what I want to encourage you to do is maybe you've never done something like this before. Maybe you read your Bible a lot, but you've never done any kind of journaling or anything like that. Men, you can keep your man card and keep a journal at the same time. I promise. All right. Just don't call it a diary. That's when you have to give up your man card. As long as we keep it on the level of journal, you are still good. Okay, And so maybe you've never done anything like this before. All right, I'm not asking you to sell out to it and do it for the rest of your life. I'm just challenging, challenging you. Do it for the next 21 days and see what might God say to you. How might God speak to you? And if he doesn't, you haven't lost anything. But man, what if he does, right? What if he does? You can find out all the information about our prayer and fasting at pray.thechristwalk.com. So in addition to this devotional that we're all going to do together and we're going to soap together and it gives you an opportunity around the dinner table or in your small group or in your drive time uh, back and forth with your kids from school or, or in the car with your spouse or whatever to talk about the things that you're learning from the scriptures as you're reading. In addition to that, every day on Facebook Live at 1215, um, so on your lunch break, we're going to join together uh, in a live video and either myself or one of our staff is going to be leading in prayer for the day. So we're going to be doing that. So I want to encourage you, go to uh, facebook.com slash the Christ walk and follow us. That's the way to connect with us. And then every day, just whenever you see that live video pop up, just get on there with us and leave stuff in the comment section. Let us know that you're watching alongside of us and, and praying along with us and everything. And so we're going to do that Monday through Friday every week over the course of these next three weeks. And then beginning next Sunday, so on the 13th, the 20th, and the 27th, we're going to have in-person prayer gatherings on Sunday evening right here at 6 o'clock for those three Sundays starting next week. And I know you're busy. I know the NFL playoffs are going on. I know all of that is happening. But we're going to come together and we are going to seek God on behalf of our church and on behalf of our city. And we are going to join together and expect him to speak to us. It's three Sundays, six o'clock for maybe an hour, about an hour. Get here and let's pray together as the body of Christ. Amen? Amen? And then we're going to join together over these next 21 days, praying, fasting. There's some examples of some different fasts that you can do at pray.thechristwalk.com if you have some questions about that, some things that you might want to do. But we're going to pray together. 
We're going to fast together. We're going to read God's word together. And we are going to expect together for God to speak to us and to position us at the beginning of this year to take ground in our city for the kingdom of God. That is what we are about this year. And it's how we're going to start out as the body of Christ. So I want to encourage you, be a part of that. Jump on the bandwagon with us. Get involved Start your gear off right, and it will truly change your life if you will do so. How many of you in this room would raise your hand as a testimony to your pastor, to those around you, and to God himself that in 2019 you want God to speak to you? Anybody? You want God to speak to you? It starts with reading his word because the most consistent reliable and healthy way to hear God's voice in our lives is through reading the Bible on a regular basis. Here's the promise of that. Matthew 13, verse 12. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. I don't know about you, but that right there seems like a promise that I would like to see fulfilled in my life. That's the kind of promise that I want to see fulfilled in my life and hopefully yours over the coming year. God is speaking to us through his word, the Bible. But the question is, are we ready to start listening? Are we ready to start listening? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for the opportunity to start off this new year, this first Sunday of 2019, gathered together with the family of God, the people of Christ Walk Church. Lord, and I thank you for where you've positioned each and every one of us. I thank you for the things that you are about to do. Lord, that new thing that has already begun. Lord, help us to perceive it. Help us to understand it. Help us to not sit back passively and wait on it to happen, but help us to lean in and be the aggressors and take hold of the promises that you have given us already in and through your word. And I pray that as we lean in to your word, as we lean into prayer, as we lean into fasting, Lord, that you would open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears so that we could hear more clearly from you. And I join my faith with the others in, these, in this room. Lord, and I believe that this year is going to be our best year yet. And I wait with great excitement and anxious anticipation to see all that you are going to do in and through the life of this church, its people, and its city. I just give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Thank you so much for sending your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we could have life more abundant. Help us to live that life in the coming year and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today. At Christ Walk Church, we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. For more information about Christ Walk, please visit us at thechristwalk.com.